Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Hey, we're in Nehemiah. We're in this series called The Gap. And last week was really awesome. Uh, writing our names on these, on these pieces of styrofoam really meant something um, to us. And I hope it really meant something to you to show you that you truly can fill the gap and step into places that need you. Um, and we we're talking about Nehemiah's story, and he's come a long way since we first started this series. He, he came from having a healthy heartbreak and seeing the brokenness. He made some big ask questions and made some big, big, big decisions and asked the king for some help and made a move into a situation. And then he got to the situation, stood up in the situation and said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to stand in the gap and I'm going to help rebuild this city. I'm going to help rebuild what's happening here. And tonight, as often as missions go, he's facing opposition. There's the first opposition to what he is trying to accomplish. And you think about this as haters start showing up, right? People start trying to push back on what he's doing. And we, and we um, start in Nehemiah chapter 6. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read this. It should be in the Bible in the sky here. And you can follow, follow along. When word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, and Arab, and the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall, and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent this message, and each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time Sambalat sent this aid to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says, It is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt. And therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king and have been appointed and have appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king, so come, let us meet together. Basically, he's just stirring up trouble. They're just stirring up rumors. They're stirring up gossip. And Nehemiah sent this reply, nothing like what you're saying is happening. You are just making this up out of your head. They were all trying to figure us, think, frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. Has anybody ever been there trying to accomplish something meaningful, meaningful trying to accomplish something great, and then someone says, you'll never do it. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be able to do that. That's what's happening right here. And here's the power in the next statement but I prayed, now strengthen my hands. He's saying, God, strengthen me in this moment. Tonight, we're gonna talk about facing opposition and what that looks like in our world and in your world. So as, as students that I've talked to previously come to the stage, I want you to turn to the person next to you and come up with a character in a story or a movie that you've heard that has gone through opposition, but while trying to complete the mission, follows through with the mission and completes it, even though there's opposition. Think of a, think of a story, think of a, someone from a movie that went through opposition, but, but worked through it, pushed through it, and came to completion. Come up with that.
Awesome. I'll take three answers. What did you come up with? What did you come up with? Right here. What did you come up with? Harry Potter. I actually thought of that one. Yes, he had some great opposition, but still followed through on his goal. Yes, right here. Finding Nemo. Opposition, like getting flushed down the entire ocean, right? Um, one last one. I'm going to start looking in the back. I'm going to start looking in the back. Yeah, way in the back. Way in the back. What you got? You're going to have to yell. What did he say? Sorry, I can't hear you. But I'm sure it was a good one. Moving on. Ladies and gentlemen, I... <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have some friends with us on the stage, and this was a student, student Choice Award type situation on the Student Leadership Summit application. There was a question that said, which students do you see an element that you would call a leader? And these three names came up time and time and time again, and there must be a purpose for that. So I was going to interview them tonight and get you uh, and allow you to hear some of what they're going through as leaders and, and kind of talk about opposition on your level what's happening in your schools, what's happening in your generation, right? So I want to let them introduce themselves and say one fun fact about themselves. Okay, my name is Timo. Um, hi. Hi. Uh, I hi. Go, <laughs> I go Warm to Gish. welcome. I like um, it. I'm in 11th grade, and I have a weird hole right here by my ear. It's not like this big hole, but there's like a little one. I think you can see it. But... Yeah, you really can't see it. But nope, ask me sometime. I can't prove it's, it to you, but it is there. It's okay. there, I swear it is. It looks like an ear piercing. Thanks, Timo. Yeah. Uh, my name is Kale. Uh, hello. I'm a senior at Senior High, and um, one fun fact about me is I'm 98.7% sure that my tongue is the shortest tongue in the universe. Prove it. <laughs> no. No, stick your tongue out. No, push harder. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, that was special. My name is Riley McNeilis, and... Hi, Riley. Hi. Good to um, see you. I go to Gish, and um, one fun fact, I'm a freshman, and one fun fact is um, I played baseball this summer. Nice. Congratulations on that. Um, just, a, just a note, when you guys talk into these microphones, just rest them on your chin. That'll help a ton. Okay, so the first question I wanted to ask them, we've been, we've been talking about what you see out your window, the brokenness that you see out your window. You remember talking about that. It's your worldview. It's your perspective of what's happening in your world. And I wanted to ask these guys, what is some of the, the brokenness that you see outside your window? Um, outside my window? Wow, it's loud. Um, I, I think it's the lack of positive role models in people's lives. Hmm. And, like, they don't have someone to look up to, I guess. Yeah, and sure. they're just going through life not really sure what they're going to, like, grow up to be like. Yeah. Like, I can grow up like, like my dad. Like, I can grow cool. up, I'm going to be like my sure. dad. But sure. Some people what kind of, uh, what would you say your window is? I'm going to back up so some of you guys can see. Just to kind of open this up for you. Mm -hmm. um, are, you are you mostly talking about in, in your school? Like, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, Kale. What about you? Yeah, um, I would say my window is kind of of a unique window. I kind of uh, compare it to like if you're in a lake house and you wake up in the morning, there's a big giant window that kind of onlooks the whole lake, 
And um, I lived, if you take a, if you look on the map of Grand Island, I kind of lived right in the center of Grand Island. And so, and with my activities and everything, I'm so involved. I'm all over the city. And so I witnessed so, so many things going on in my yeah. school, in my neighborhood. So I just kind of have a whole pers- uh, unique perspective of the whole city. Yeah, what, ki- what kind of brokenness do you see out there? Um, yeah, especially in my school. I just, I look out for the uh, people who are isolated because I can kind of relate with them because yeah. I was shy when I was younger. Sure. And so, yeah. Riley, what about you? Um, something I see out my window is just a bunch of brokenness within people and people who kind of want to fit in and mm. don't know how to in the way, but they they're gonna they they do everything in their power too, and they kind of don't put themselves first. And and I don't know, I just feel like I don't know, yeah. 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 And you would say your window is once again school. Yeah, is there any absolutely. like sports teams and stuff like that too? Yeah, yeah. definitely sports yeah. too. So. So kind of lead us into this. Um, as, as student leaders, um, you've probably taken the risk to step into a brokenness situation before. Can you tell us about a time that you, um, you actually stepped towards the brokenness outside of your window? Um, I guess for me, uh, being the lack of a positive like, role model, I guess, yeah. for me, um, trying to step forward and show people like how to live like a godly life. Hmm. And I guess being, a, being an example to people around me. And I guess in also that, being a listening ear, if they have things that are like bothering them or like. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Hey, Dante, how's it going? <laughs> this is our friend Dante. Hey, Dante. Hey, Dante. Awesome. Her name's Riley. <laughs> Beautiful song, Dante. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dante. Everybody say, thank you, Dante. Thank you, Dante. <laughs> um, cool. So, so what you're kind of telling me is, is you're like, okay, I know I'm, I'm surrounded by brokenness. I'm going to let my actions speak loud. It's not that you're, you're calling out people. It's not that you're judging people. It's like, I'm going to let my actions speak loud. Exactly. That's awesome. Kale, can you tell us about a time you, you stepped into brokenness? Yeah, um, in my neighborhood especially, there's a lot of single parents and grandparents who are raising uh, grandchildren. And yeah. uh, a few years back, a, there was a young boy in my neighborhood that um, his parents uh, uh, were with, used drugs, and so they mm-hmm. kind of left him yeah. in the shadows and didn't really care about him. So he was being raised by his grandparent, and I stepped out and uh, kind of took him in, mentored him, and just did things with him, like shoot hoops and mm. play catch with him, because he really didn't have a role model yeah. or a positive or a person to do that with. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's, it's awesome when you doubt your ability to share the gospel with someone and just accepting them for who they are and, like, <laughs> being their friend mm-hmm. does that. Exactly, you know? yeah. So... So even if you don't have the words to say, the, your actions, and those are probably things that those people never forget. Mm-hmm. You know, like when they grow up, you think of that person that, that hung out with you when you were growing up and you thought they were awesome, like to be that for someone else. Uh, Riley, what about you? What's the time that you stepped into brokenness? Well, for me, something is I can't deal with is seeing people alone and seeing people at lunch or whatever, just being alone. And so for me, I try my best to sit by people at lunch that are alone, yeah. whether they're a guy or girl. Like, I don't care whether they look normal or to human eye or not. Like, yeah. I, I can't deal with that. And so um, just stepping out and saying, hey, is, like, ever, is yeah. everything okay? Like, how are you? Yeah. Like, just being a friend to someone who doesn't, might not have that every day, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, all of these are great examples of 
um, acting out of healthy heartbreak. Because that, that all is what you guys are talking about. Like, this is exactly what Nehemiah is going through. His heart broke. He had to ask some questions and, like, work through, through some things and get some details. And then he stepped into it, right? So, so moving, uh, moving on on that, that topic, what is some of the oppositions and the opposition that you have faced in trying to step into brokenness? Um, I guess, with, yeah. Um, trying, to be, trying to live as, as an example for people, yeah. uh, people think you're going to be weird because not yeah. everyone's going to live the way you are. Yeah. And I guess for me, it's people calling out saying, why are you doing this? Why are you acting like yeah. this? Why don't you just do this? Yeah. Why don't you go out with us on mm-hmm. X yeah. nights? And yeah. I guess that's the main opposition, people questioning why I'm doing something. Hmm. That's really good. I'm going to get to that later. That's really good. What, what about you, Kale? What are some oppositions that you face? Yeah, um, sometimes when I step out and see someone that's uh, just in total brokenness, sometimes uh, they can reject you. They, mm. they try to push you away. They don't want your help or anything. So, and, mm. Or they say, they, they say, well, I'm trying to stop doing the bad things, and then I'll, I'll maybe come to church or maybe I'll start hanging out with you or something. And yeah. it's kind of funny to me because I'm – I'm still broken like they yeah. are, but, yeah, right. and then also another, uh, op- some other opposition I face is sometimes in my, in my head, um, yeah. sometimes I'll start stepping towards something and then there'll be a voice just saying, you don't need to go out and help them or, you know, uh, you're yeah. better than that. Kind yeah. of a little self-righteousness. Sets yeah. In. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget how evil we are <laughs> and like the lies that we believe, you know, and how much we need God to interact with us in those moments. That's so true. That's really interesting that even you pointed out um, this idea that, that people think they need to be fixed before they approach Jesus. And that is like so the opposite. It's like approach Jesus and then <laughs> he does the fixing, right? Riley, what about you? What, what's some opposition? Some opposition that I face is kind of like Timo, um, just that pressure, because I put pressure on myself to have to like just be kind of perfect to people because I want to represent Christ as much as yeah. I can. And so and, and others just looking at me differently. And, and also what Kale said, just inside my head, just the enemy le- getting inside my head telling me I'm not good enough. Like what I'm doing is not enough. What I'm doing is these people aren't taking it to heart. You know, yeah. just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land the plane on this interview, actually, um, on this question. What, what advice do you have for your peers here tonight? What advice do you have when it comes to facing opposition um, when you're trying to step into brokenness like God is calling you to? Uh, the, main th- the main thing I would fall back on uh, would be people who believe the same thing that I do. Yeah. Like my friend Reed, he's sitting over there. I can fall back on Reed anytime. Even though sometimes Reed, when you put him on the spot, he goes like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not, not, not only, ju- not only Reed, but, uh, yeah, right. my small group leader, yeah. uh, Nate, yeah. him or, uh, Drew who plays guitar over there. I, yeah. I know for a fact I can fall back on them. That's awesome. Like if I'm being, if I'm discouraged one day, I just need to get some off my chest. Like, mm. Hey, I'm really being badgered about this mm. lately. And I just need someone yeah. to like be, be my ear. Yeah. So make sure you have the right people around you to be able to go forward. And, exactly. and like, just like Nehemiah, I mean, like he, he grouped up people mm-hmm. to help him in his cause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so <laughs> uh, I'm kind of with Timo in the uh, fact that you need to bring people with you. 
uh, like what uh, Pastor Scott was saying a couple weeks ago about something about if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go with other people. That's what it was. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm really big on that. Just find uh, people who are aching for the same brokenness. There you go. You have a friend, and you're walking with them towards the same brokenness. And also another thing I would uh, uh, advise is prayer. Prayer. Just, uh, yeah. con- just continuously pray over uh, what you're uh, walking towards, and uh, that pe- mm-hmm. God will just soften the people's hearts to accept you and want to yeah. accept the help. What about you, Riley? Um, that whenever you're going through a hard time, like, you're not alone. Um, and yeah. also what they're saying, just bring someone with you that you can know you can count on while you're going out into the battlefield, you know, while yeah. you're going out onto God's just, mm-hmm. you know, just being, be you and, yeah. and who God created you to be. Yeah. Um, to wrap this up, Kale, would you, would you um, pray for us uh, moving into brokenness and what that looks like? Everybody in this room moving towards um, the brokenness regardless of opposition in their lives. And we'll all pray with you. Oh, uh, Lord, I just thank you for this day and thank you for all the students here tonight. Um, Lord, I pray that um, the brokenness on these students' hearts, um, they will just look up and realize what that is and they'll uh, start taking that uh, first step towards it and that they will bring others with them uh, to go far. And Lord, I pray that um, just to soften the people's hearts that they're stepping towards and uh, that we can, uh, as a group, kind of start a revival in the city and mm-hmm. uh, just keep it going and going until every, everyone's reached. And mm-hmm. uh, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for being here. I'm going to show you um, something that I'm learning, and I hope it's something that um, can really connect you guys to what God is trying to show you um, through stepping out in obedience to God and stepping out... Um, in these opposition type moments. And there's no one else that um, we should look to besides Jesus when it comes to facing opposition and pushing through opposition and what that looks like. And so for a little bit of context, here's Jesus headed to the cross and there was no more opposition that he faced than in this moment, right? And so um, here he is going to be put to death by people who he loves and came to save that want him dead because they're messing with their whole plan and their whole power structure and their whole lives or whatever. And so he's walking into this situation where there's so much love, yet there's so much obedience, yet at the same time he's so torn by all the things that are happening. And so there's four things that Jesus does and Jesus shows us on the way to the cross that will help us push through opposition. And I want this to be really tangible. If For you note takers, take notes. I want this to be rubber meets the road. This will help you tomorrow when you go to school. This will help you the next time you're in opposition when you're trying to do something for God. Okay. So the first thing that I want to talk about is that Jesus shows that he has confidence in God's love and plan for humanity. He has confidence in God's love and plan for humanity. This is shown in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And I want you to see this. Let's read this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There is a great statement about the confidence that Jesus had in God's love and plan for humanity. It was to love them and to save them. Okay, I want you to see that. And then later on in John chapter 17, 
he confirms that he's still on this, mis- this mission. And it says this, Father, the hour has come. He's about to be taken to be crucified. He's about to be arrested. And it says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those that you have given to him. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory, here it is, on this earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. He has confidence in God's love and plan for humanity. He has confidence in that. And this is the last one I want to show you just to drive this point home. This is Matthew chapter 26, verse 38 to 39. He's, he's about to be arrested to be taken to the cross, and he says, My soul is so overwhelmed with sorrow. Have you ever been there when you're trying to do something for the Lord? Have you been overwhelmed? Have you had sorrow in your heart for people? Have you had that healthy heartbreak? He says, keep watch, I'm gonna go pray. And he goes and he falls on his face and he prays, God, if there's any other way, if there's any other way to do this, please let it happen. But, but in the end, not my will, yours be done. Not my plan, your plan. He has confidence in God's love and plan for humanity. And I hope you see that. So, so as we move through these truths, we're going to have to keep circling back to this because this is the fuel that keeps all of this going. And I'll show you that. Now, the next step to pushing through opposition that Jesus shows us is being silent. And here's what that looks like. This is Matthew chapter 16. 26, verse 59 through 63. So check this out. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin, these were the people who were upset at Jesus and wanted him dead. Were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. They told lies, rumors, gossip, all these different things, all this opposition. Finally, two came forward and declared, this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. That's like saying, I'm going to go destroy the Capitol building and then I'm going I'm to build it myself in three days. It sounds kind of terroristic, but they're missing the spiritual metaphor that is happening here, the truth of Scripture. And then the, then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. There's wisdom in silence. There's wisdom in silence. This is Matthew chapter 27. He does it again. And this is what it looks like. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. And then Pilate asked him, don't you hear these testimonies? Don't you hear these rumors? Don't you hear this gossip? Don't you hear this opposition? Are you deaf? What's going on? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, the great, to the great amazement of the governor. People were blown away that he was silent. Now listen, this silence wasn't out of pride and it wasn't out of being a snob, Okay. It was out of this. It was out of confidence. It was out of confidence for God's love and plan for humanity that he could stand firm in this moment, face opposition, and do this. Powerful. There's wisdom in silence. Here's the next thing. He pushes through the pain. I want you to see how he does this. This is Mark chapter 15. Let's read that. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace. This is after he had been arrested and he had been charged. And they're taking him. 
And they called together the whole company of soldiers and they put on a purple robe on him and twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And by set it on them, they mean shoved down on his scalp. And they said, and they began to call, uh, call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews, again and again. And they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him, but they were mocking him. And once they were done mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put on his own clothes on him. And then they led him out to crucify him. Okay, so there's physical pain. Yeah, he went through a lot of physical pain, but there's also emotional pain. Could you imagine getting beat and spit on after doing nothing, nothing wrong, after being falsely accused, being beat and spit on? Think about that. Think about that. Here's Mark chapter 15. It happens again. They crucified two rebels with him, and one, one was right and one was left, and those who passed by hurled insults at him. This is emotional opposition. This is emotional pain. Shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down on the cross and save yourself. Show us what you got. And in the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. And they said, he saved others, but here he is and he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. And those crucified with him also heaped insults at him. Physical pain because he's been nailed to a cross through his wrists and through his feet. And the shards of that wood, the slivers and the splinters of that wood is going straight into his flesh that had been ripped apart. Physical pain, but yes, also emotional pain. Yet somehow he pushed through. And you know pain. I don't have to describe pain. We all know pain. And it comes in many different forms. But when we face opposition, here's what we do with that pain. We come back and we remember the confidence that we have in God's love and his plan for humanity. And so when people are hurling insults at you and people are tearing you to shreds, you be silent, you push through the pain, and you have confidence in God's love and plan for humanity. And here's the last thing that we see. He forgives those who hurt. He forgives. So he's in this moment. These people are hurling insults at him. They've ripped him to shreds physically. They've nailed him to pieces of wood and hung him on a cross. Okay? Just imagine that for a second. Like, this is a real person. This isn't just some made-up story. This is really happening to a man. Okay? A man who is God. And here's what he says. Could you imagine saying this to the people who are trying to kill you, who are feet from you? He says this, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Imagine that for a second. Imagine that for a second. Forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. And I want you to see that in this forgiveness, once you release this opposition to the Father, once you say, you know what, God? It's yours. Forgive them. Guess who's not with you anymore? Those people who are giving you opposition. You've given them over to God. And here's what God promises. A lot of people say, oh, Christians, turn the other cheek. They never stand for anything. They're just passive pushovers. Oh, no, 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 no. If you think that, you're very naive. Because here's the truth. 
People who follow Jesus know they have a father in heaven who doesn't forget. And they have a father in heaven who says it's mine to repay. And they have a protective father in heaven who's saying, how dare you do that to my kid? There's a crucial part of how you forgive. And I want to show you this. This is in Romans. This is chapter 12. Like personal, on a personal note, this, this scripture changed my life. Because I wanted nothing more than for the people who put pain in my life to have that same pain returned. I wanted nothing more than that. But when I saw this, it changed my life. I want to read this to you. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. But be willing to associate with people of low position. Step into the gap. Do not be conceited. Don't be so prideful that you won't move towards the brokenness. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Here it is. Here it is. Pay attention. Lean into this. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. There's a protective father. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Move towards the brokenness. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Step into the gap. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. They won't even know what to do. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So here's the deal. When we're facing opposition, when we're at odds with everybody around us, there's a constant circle that needs to be happening. The only way that you can be silent is if your confidence in God's love and plan for humanity, the only way that you can push through the pain is if you're confident in God's love and plan for humanity. And if you want to be able to forgive, you have to be able to be confident in God's love and plan for humanity. This is the gospel. Have confidence in the fact that Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. And in that moment, he took all of the sin and the wrath that you deserve, that I deserved, on that cross. And it all got poured into him. And he was laid in a tomb so that we would be set free, that we could walk free, blameless, chargeless, slate clean. And the same power that he raised people from the dead, that he healed blind people, that he healed sick people, raised him from the dead. And he sits now at the right hand of God. And his spirit is with us to help us remember this. To have confidence in God's love and his plan for humanity. And then we get to be a part of this. And then we can stand in the opposition. I hope you see that. And nothing can separate you. No hardship, no opposition. Nothing can separate you from this. When you have surrendered to Jesus Christ, nothing can separate you from this. This is what it says in Romans. This is chapter 8. It says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger? No, 
In all these things, we are more than conquerors. We can push through the opposition through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can make it through the opposition, but it's only through this. You can be silent, but it's only through this. You can push through the pain, but it's only through this. And you can forgive, but it's only through this. I hope you see that. So as you move into your small groups tonight, we're not gonna move yet. I want you guys to hear this next song. We don't worship just to repeat lyrics. We worship to move our hearts towards God, okay? I want you to be thinking about what is the opposition that you face? What is the opposition that's in front of you? Is it a bad friend group that's influencing you to be a distraction? Is it, is it, a, is it a parent that keeps saying, don't go to church? <laughs> Why do you even go? That's stupid. But someone in your heart saying, I don't know, but I need to be there. Is there someone in your classroom who keeps calling you ugly or keeps making fun of you or has formed a group so that they can collectively hate you? I know how mean girls can be. What's your opposition? Boys, is it that bully that just wants to push on every bruise that he knows you have? And all his little cronies laugh at you while he does it. What's your opposition? And how are you going to stand? Think about your opposition. The next thing I want you to think about is what are, which one of these things do you need to lean into and understand better? Maybe you need to learn how to be silent because having a loud mouth isn't working. And you need to just stand in the confidence that you have. And maybe it's that you need to push through the pain because right now you are in waves of pain. And maybe it's that you need to learn how to forgive. Because here's the deal, those bullies that are pushing into you, those people that are giving you such a hard time, they're insecure and they need the Lord too. Those friend groups that keep distracting you while God's trying to tell you something, they need the Lord too. Okay. I want you to think of a third thing. What is something that you heard from the students that were on that panel tonight? that you need to hang on to? What's one thing that they taught you? I want you to be thinking about these things, these things. And we're gonna stand, and there's no need to talk. Just shut your mouth like I always say, shut your mouth. And go ahead and stand up, and I'm gonna pray. And I want you guys to sing to move your hearts, not just to repeat words, okay? I'm gonna say a short prayer. God, help me understand, help me see that I have a mission from God that motivates me and matters to someone else. Amen. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.